Well, happy Christmas, everyone. It is uh, Christmas Eve, of course. Uh, the big day is tomorrow. I uh, hope we're all looking forward uh, to that. Now then, I would like us to take a reading from John chapter 18. We're going to consider uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ because at this time of the year we, we do have a special uh, thought in our minds and a focus on the arrival of the Lord Jesus. But of course, for us in churches of God, we remember that every week when we gather to worship and the taking of the bread and the wine, the symbols of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal God becoming a man. So we're going to read some verses from John 18. I just want to say, just before we do that, that what we're thinking about today is that the holy, holy, holy God, as he's described in Isaiah 6, and holy, 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 is just adding to the declaration of his holiness. It's a repetition that declares that God is so far, infinitely far, above and beyond our understanding and above and beyond all that he has created, that this holy God in the person of his eternal son took on and shared in our humanity so that he might bring, to use the words of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 2, that he might bring many sons to glory. That's the wonderful story of the Bible, is that God would come to share in the humanity of that which he had created to bring many sons to glory. And as Hebrews 2 goes on to say, since the children, those who put their faith and their trust in Jesus, since the children of God share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless those, him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who, through the fear of death, were subject to slavery all their lives. What God has done in Christ is to come and to take his people to himself for now and for eternity. That's what the incarnation, the coming of the Son of God, is all about. John chapter 18 is towards the end of the Lord's life here on earth. You might think that's an odd place to go uh, whenever we're thinking about his coming, his incarnation. But you'll see why I've chosen it and a sense of being guided to this portion in a moment. So let's look from verse 33. He's here before the Roman governor Pilate. And this is one of many trials that the Lord faced before ultimately Pilate would hand him over to be crucified. And verse 33 says, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and the chief priest handed you over to me. What is it you've done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Here's the verse. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Pilate would crumble under the pressure of the Jewish leadership and he would eventually hand over Jesus, the innocent one, to be crucified. 
travesty of justice by a weak man who would not stand by the convictions of recognising that Jesus was innocent. But it's that little phrase in verse uh, 37 that I'd like us to think about. You yourself, Jesus said to him, say I'm a king. For this I have been born, is what the Greek would say. And for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. This is the only time I think in the New Testament where Jesus actually refers to his birth, his being born. But his being born is so vital uh, to the story of God's grace and love. He didn't come as, a, as an adult. He didn't magically appear into this world as some people would wish for someone to, to appear and show us the way to God. He came as a baby and he himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And from the moment of his being born, all the way through to his ascension, to the right hand of God after his resurrection. He was the one who had come to reveal God to us. And he says here, for this I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of truth hears my voice. Here's the Lord inviting us to consider what it is that he was born for and why he came and what this truth is. You know there's many times in the New Testament accounts. Where Jesus is recorded as saying. I have come or I came. Which gives the impression that he was aware. Of an existence prior to his life. Now you like me I hope. Are those who have no awareness of any pre-existence. Because we don't have any pre-existence. When we're born into this world. That's the beginning for us. Yes we're formed in our mother's womb and then we will come into this world. But that's the beginning. The Lord Jesus many times made this reference that he had come into this world. That implies that he had an existence before that. In John 16 and verse 28 he says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Come forth from the Father, which for the Jews was a reference to Almighty God. He says, I've come from where God is, and I've come in to this world. In John 5, and verse 43, he says, I have come in my Father's name. Here was one who in that society was known to where the Son would represent the Father, when the Father was pleased with the Son, and would allow the Son to do all that was necessary for family life and business transactions. Here was the one who has come in the name of the Father, and he has come. To speak the things of God and to do them. In John 12 verse 46 he says I have come as light into the world. He's come that he might give us understanding and bring the awareness of the glory of who God is to us. That wonderful text at the end of the account when he meets with Zacchaeus in Luke 19. He says the son of man that name that he borrowed from Daniel chapter 7. The glorious one who is presented before God on the throne. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. A wonderful text. That here is the purpose for the one who came into the world. The one who was the eternal Son. Who took on human flesh. He came, sent by the Father, in the Father's name. He came to give us understanding and awareness of the greatness of who God is. And with that, then to reveal the salvation of God. I've come to seek and to save the lost. John 6, verse 51. I'm not going to go through them all, but these uh, just struck me as being 
the ones to, to just spend some time with. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So he seeks us and he saves us. And then he satisfies us with an eternal life that we could not achieve on our own. And my favorite text, John 10, verse 10, part B. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full. This is the purpose for which Jesus has come. But back to thinking about John 18 and verse 37, which is open before you. Pilate says, and he's hoping for some way to resolve this situation with Jesus in front of him. He says, so you're a king then? Because Jesus has said, my kingdom is not of this world. What? He was referring to something of another dimension. And Pilate thinks he's got him. So you are a king then. And all Pilate could conceive of, and also all the Jewish leaders, and those who were looking for the Messiah figure could conceive of in that moment, was a human figure who would set up a political entity and rule over the whole world as had been promised by God in the Old Testament. An earthly thing. But Jesus says in his response, it's not that at all. Look at what he says. For this I have been born. You yourself say I'm a king, but not in the way you understand a king to be. For this reason I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. He speaks of his pre-existence, I have come into the world. But he speaks of his being born as his entry into this earthly realm. Here's the, the Son of God when he's facing the inevitability of the crucifixion, and he knows it's coming because that's the means by which God will redeem sinners. He's standing there before Pilate, and he says, I was born for this. I've come into the world for this. And the truth that I've come to declare is that there is another dimension, a whole other kingdom, and I'm the king of that. And if you're on the side of truth, you're with me in my kingdom. He says, it's an invitation really to Pilate. Pilate, lift your eyes above the earthly system and realize that there is a whole other dimension. This is heaven invading earth. God has done it to some degree already and we see it in the Old Testament where God's presence is among his people in the tabernacle and then the temple. Heaven comes to earth. It was there in the beginning in the Garden of Eden and Ian, your Thanksgiving this morning was was on that whole theme. And then the separation occurs because of sin. And it's so limited, the place of God's heavenly realm uh, coming into this earth and this worldly system. But here it is in the person of Jesus, the very king over this whole spiritual dimension that is a truth that we see in scripture. Here is the king and he's come. And he said, for this reason I was born and I've come into the world that you might know the truth, that there's something greater than what you've experienced in this world. Would you turn with me now, please, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And this is the Lord interacting with Nicodemus, who was probably the most senior teacher of the law in Israel at the time. And he has an interaction with this man one night. And just look at uh, verse 2. 
It says, he, that's Nicodemus, came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Go down to verse 7. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. If your Bible has footnotes and little marks in it, You'll notice that the Greek there can say born from above. And actually on the basis of how John uses that Greek word three other times in the Gospel of John, that would seem to be the sense that should be here. In John 3 and verse 31, uh, the commentary is the one who is from above is above all. And that above is the same word as here born again. It's the word for again. Um, So it's from above. John 19 and verse 11 where the Lord is speaking with uh, Pilate. He says you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. It's the same word. And John 19 verse 23 says when they took the garments of the Lord Jesus when he was crucified. Says of one of them it was woven in one piece from the top to the bottom. And the top means the above part. So I just put it to you. That John 3, when it speaks of being born again, maybe on the basis of how John uses the same word elsewhere in his writings, really we might want to consider it as not only being born again, which is a wonderful truth, but being born from above. Here is the one who has come from the other kingdom that is above and beyond all earthly kingdoms. And he has been born and he has come into the world for this truth to show us That there is a whole other kingdom. And when he's speaking with Nicodemus. He says you want to be part of that. You need to be born from above. A whole new life. That begins. This spiritual work of God. To save sinners. It's the wonderful grace of God isn't it? To take us who are so captive in our sin. As it's described so many times in the New Testament. We cannot escape our own sin. By our own efforts. We are held to some degree by the power of Satan. We are held by the conditions of the world that is antagonistic and um, an enemy of God. And we are described as enemies of God. And we cannot extricate ourselves from that natural condition. So it does require, if we're to escape the kingdoms of this world that are set against God, that one would come from God, God himself, to bring the kingdom of God to earth. And say to people, That's the truth. And if you're on the side of truth, then you're with me. It's the wonderful truth of Jesus' incarnation that he would come to gather together the children of God, the people of God. He would bring them to himself, those whom God had marked out from all of eternity before creation as those in whom he'd set his love. Jesus was sent with the ultimate purpose of bringing that about in God's timing. And here he is before Pilate. And he's saying it to a Gentile man. He says, for this I was born. It's the reason I'm here. For this I have come into the world. To declare the truth. Now Pilate, what are you going to do with that? Now all of us, what are we going to do with that? And what does Pilate say? What is truth? (laughs) Tries to wriggle out of that and says, well there's no such thing as truth. But the truth is that there is a God. And he loves us so much and he came from 
that other dimension to bring us who were gripped by this earthly dimension and to bring us into the new life that is from above. That's why the Lord came. Let's not forget that over the coming days. That's why Paul could write in Philippians 3 verse 20, he says that our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we've been completely transformed. God takes us and the gift of faith and seeing that the Lord Jesus has died for us so that our sins could be forgiven and so that we can step into the life of God, that abundant life with Christ in union with him brings us into the blessing of being part of this spiritual dimension that is then untouchable by the things of the world transforms us entirely and Paul says to believers in the Lord Jesus and disciples in churches of God don't ever forget your citizenship is now in heaven while you're here you of course you're living in this world but you're not really part of the world your citizenship is in heaven so we're to be like the Lord the Lord is the one who was born we have been reborn from above and that transforms our living here in this world because the Lord when he lived in this world while he lived like us, he was without sin. But his focus always was on doing the will of his Father. And that's what we're called to as well. Recognizing our citizenship is in heaven. Remember how Paul in 2 Corinthians also says that we're ambassadors for Christ? Ambassadors are people in a foreign country who have no rights of that country in which they exist. All their rights belong in the country that they've left to represent. Same for us. We're ambassadors. Just like Jesus, you could say, was the ambassador of the heavenly kingdom. And for this reason he was born. And for this reason he said, I've come to bear witness to the truth that there is a greater reality than we can ever experience if we're just worldly focused. Paul also says that we're soldiers of Christ. And he has in mind the Romans who were occupying uh, all of the foreign lands. They had no rights of the... For example, the, the land of Israel, they didn't have the rights that the Jews did because they were an occupying force. We're soldiers in this world. We're here and we're to fight for that which God says is true. And that's going to bring us into elements of conflict in this world. Peter says we're, we're aliens. We're from another dimension. and we're, um, we're pilgrims. We're just passing through. Just like Jesus. He was born for this. For this purpose he came. And this was his truth. To finish up Revelation chapter 1 please. So if we have any special focus tomorrow. And in our gift giving and so on. Consider the gift of the son of God coming. That he might bring us into the awareness of a whole new existence. That we can take hold of by faith in him who died for us. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. Actually let's read verse 4. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who was. Sorry. Him who is. Him who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. Here we go. And from Jesus Christ the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead 
and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, the faithful witness. Jesus was born for this. He came for this to bear witness to the truth. In his whole life, he was declaring the truth of a whole other dimension. A dimension where God exists and where God says you can be part of this through faith in what Jesus would achieve on the cross. And here John, as he's being um, shown so much about the glory of Christ and the things that are to come, is so full of it. And he says Jesus Christ was the faithful witness. He still is the faithful witness. And in a sense, he's talking not only about his witness here on earth, but he's now talking about his exalted witness as the man in heaven who will bring those of believing humanity into the heavenly existence as well. He's a faithful witness on our behalf in the presence of God. First born from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's going to display his rule one day when he comes and he will rule over this world for a thousand years. That is going to come, a political entity on earth, but that's going to pass away. And then we'll come in what we read in Revelation 21, 22, new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I just leave you with Hebrews 12 and 28 to consider. Therefore, the writer there says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable sacrifice with reverence and awe, or awe, can't say the word, for our God is a consuming fire. That was written to people in churches of God. And the author says, you're receiving a kingdom. You're enjoying something of this now in your service together as God's people in God's house. And you express it through your coming together and your thanksgivings. He says, continue to carry on with that. Come together. Come with the, the worship of God for what he has done for you. And the one who said, I was born for this reason. I've come for this reason to bring you into the reality of the truth that there is a whole other realm. And when we together as a church gather, we're participating in something that the Bible tells us is in the very presence of God. It's putting into practice the reality of living in this new kingdom. And it's all by the grace of God. Let's have a prayer.